This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's a Monday afternoon here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You are in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. And we've got J.J. Watt has announced his destination. And in very interesting fashion as well. Posting a picture of himself lifting weights on social media in an Arizona Cardinals t-shirt. What? This doesn't make sense to me. I am uh, blown away. (laughs) All we had been hearing about J.J. Watt leaving the Houston Texans is that he wanted to go to a contender. Did he go to a contender? Uh, Best team in the NFC. Uh, (laughs) He's keeping that up. Yeah, that's best team in the NFC. Yeah, totally. They finished... I tenth in the AC, in the uh, AFC or NFC. The number one thing I love about this is how he trolled everyone. He changed his Peloton name or something this morning to Cleveland Buffalo Green Bay. Yes, and four hours later, he goes, "Nope, going to Arizona." <laughs> right, he changed his Peloton description or profile to SB fifty six. And then it said Green Bay, Cleveland, and what was the other one? Buffalo. Buffalo. And then decides to go sign with the Arizona Cardinals. So he reunites with DeAndre Hopkins with the Arizona Cardinals. It's quite the pass rushing tandem if they can keep the two together between him and Chandler Jones. Well, they're, I mean, they're going to. Now, and the number one thing that's made me wonder is mm-hmm. um, what happens to Hassan Reddick now? Because I thought they were going to franchise him, and apparently I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got no money left now. They had $11 million in cap space, and they just gave J.J. Watt, what, $15.5 million a year? Yep. Two years, $31 million. Eh, you know, I'm no I'm no whiz at math, but $15.5 a year seems like a little bit more than $11 million. So how are you going to make these numbers work? That's the question. Yeah, I mean they have they have a lot of deals that they could restructure, which they're invariably going to do. Mm-hmm. But I do think this means Hassan Reddick's probably going to hit the open market, and that's another pass rusher that's going to get premier money. Uh huh. But with all these pass rushers hitting the market, not a lot of teams have money. Who's going to be the value deals? That's the question. My team has money. My oh, team has yeah. all the money that you could possibly ever want. And no pass rushers. So nope. there you go. Oh, we're you paying can... somebody. <laughs> we might pay two somebodies. Okay. I do think this makes the Cardinals an, uh, a, a contender. I thought they were a contender anyway. I don't see how. Okay, explain that. You now have a tremendous pass rush. Okay. that's That's cool and all. But, it, I mean, obviously you're going to lose pieces because you made this deal. Yeah. So, I mean, to me it's just kind of a wash 
And to me, J.J. Watt is, I mean, he's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. But he's not what he used to be. And I'm not sure he's worth that much. I mean, I wouldn't have paid it to him, but that's, you know, that's just me. I think you gave him high-end, top-20 player in the NFL money, and he's just not that guy anymore. Right. He's still very good. I think he was 19th in pass rush win rate last year. Mm -hmm. 15th. What was he, 15th? He's 15th. 15th of 119. Mm-hmm. That's where I got my numbers Yeah, backwards. I mean, he's still a very good player, mm-hmm. and he's a great locker room presence. I think he helps. I do think he helps the defense. So let me do this. Let me cross off J.J. Watt on my little list here. So that's one pass rusher that's gone. Yes. Uh, there's about nine more left. Well, you got Shaq Barrett, Yannick Ngakwe, Jadavian Clowney, Bud Dupree. I don't think you can put Jadavian Clowney in this class. Why not? Because he has like 25 sacks in his life. <laughs> he's still considered a premier pass rusher, though. No, he's not. Not really? by anybody that's making decisions. He's a good all-around end mm-hmm. outside linebacker in a 3-4. Mm-hmm. He's not a premier anything. Okay. His year in Tennessee kind of proved that. Fair. Matthew Judon. You got Melvin Ingram, Leonard Floyd, Olivier Vernon, Trey Hendrickson, Ryan Kerrigan, Carl Lawson, Aldon Smith, Romeo Aquara. This is this is one of the most Solomon Thomas. Don't don't do that. What? These Solomon are all guys Thomas. that are on the open market. Yeah. That would be like saying you could have this Maserati or you could drive around in this shopping cart we stole from a grocery store. I'm not saying they're all in the same class. What I'm saying is these are all guys that are out there on the open market, and very few teams have money to spend. There's going to be more money than you think. I mean, teams are going to move deals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm still blown away that the Cardinals was was the landing spot. And now he trolled everybody. Uh-huh. He posted on Twitter and says, source, me. He's lifting weights in a Cardinal shirt. I saw this earlier, and my mouth dropped. I think it's great. I think it's beautiful. Because he knows every. he's the talk of the town. Everybody's been speculating for weeks now. What's going to happen with J.J. Watt? Where is he going to go? And he played right into it. Kudos to him. There's only one other guy in the NFL that has more sacks since 2012 than J.J. Watt. And his name's Chandler Jones. Exactly. And he's now his teammate. Exactly. Although, again, I think that's a little skewed because, I mean, J.J. just, he hasn't been putting up the stats lately, has he? I mean, he's second since 2012 in sacks. Well, I get that, but three of those three of those years, he won Defensive Player of the Year for having amazing years. Mm-hmm. Last few years, the numbers haven't been there. So that's the only thing I'm saying. I don't really understand. I, I don't understand how you're saying that. He had 16 sacks in 2018. Did he? Yeah. Okay. That was three years ago. That was two years ago. I mean... It, He's still a, a high-end pass rusher mm-hmm. when he plays. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a, a tremendous year last year, but let's be really honest. What else was on that defense last year? <laughs> right. This wasn't exactly the hardest team to score on last year. Mm-hmm. I think it – all right, I'll put it this way. I think with this signing, I could make the argument that the Arizona Cardinals are the best team in the NFC West. I can make that argument. And it's not that far of a walk, in my opinion. <laughs> 
They're definitively better than Seattle. I mean, the defense is better than Seattle. I think they're a better team than Seattle. I don't know if I, I don't think I can go down that path. No, they you. beat them last year, and they didn't have this guy. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a young team with a young coach that's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And they still have Kyler Murray on a rookie deal, right? And they were what? And they, they were eight and eight last year, and I believe they lost five one score games yep. in that eight and eight record. So I understand. I mean, the, the, it's it's obvious that they're. I guess a team, you know, on the come. They're getting ready to be good, but I don't know that this makes that much of a difference. Oh, I would say it does. Oh, I would one hundred percent say it does. Mm-hmm. This makes you better against the run as well, because JJ Watt's a very good all-around defender. This makes guys around you better. Kind of hides the fact that your secondary is a little bit of a train wreck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the secret to success in the NFL is getting after quarterbacks. You just won a Super Bowl, and the second biggest reason is because you could get after a quarterback. Absolutely. And now I look at this team, and I mean, I'll be, how many teams in the NFC do you actually think are better than them right now? Ugh. There's not one in the NFC East. I'll, I'll save you the, the no. scroll on that. No, but the, I mean, you got the Packers. And the Bucks. You got the Bucks. Uh, that's, the, that's all I'm giving you. No. Who else? No. So I think the Rams are better. They're the thinnest team in the NFL. Okay. And you have no left tackle. You have a constantly hurt quarterback and no left tackle. That's going to end <laughs> tremendously well. And you haven't had a first-round pick in seven years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think healthy. The San Francisco 49ers, I think, are better than them. I don't. I don't agree with you. I get Kyler Murray. You get Jimmy Garoppolo. And lawyered. <laughs> uh, and the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're, I think they're I a better think they're team. Better. I don't. Especially not with all this instability with Russ. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's part of why they made this move. They see that, yes, this is going to be a very good division. Yes. And if we're not careful, we're going to be the worst team in this division. Mm-hmm. You make a move like this, you make a couple other moves, you draft well, shore up some things, and you could be the best team in this division. You could be contending for Super Bowls. And I'll be honest with you, J.J. Watt thinks the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because he asked for his release to chase rings. And I've heard a lot of people today say, oh, uh, and then he wound up in Arizona. He just chased the money. No, he thinks he can win there. There's no doubt in my mind he thinks he can win there. Mm -hmm. More power to him if he thinks he can win there. And DeAndre Hopkins has been telling him something, I can tell you that much. He wound up in Arizona. He was there for a year, and then that's where J.J. ends up? Mm-hmm. If you believe they didn't have a conversation about something, I have a bridge to sell you. Well, of course they did. Everyone knows they did. I mean, I DeAndre was kinda... out there on social media actively campaigning for him to come and finish the job. Well, so was Tarek Cohen, but that doesn't really mean anything. Well, that didn't hold any water. I mean, there's a lot of people that wouldn't think that... There are a lot of people that wouldn't have thought that DeAndre Hopkins held a lot of water. Is there a lot of people that seem to think this is not a very good team, and I don't agree with them? I'm not saying they're not good. I think this is a team that this could be the most improved team in the NFL. I believe that. The year-over-year difference with Kyler Murray, plus you have now you've got a defense that's multiple. They've, mm-hmm. they've always had a weird scheme to me. Mm-hmm. But now you can you can stop the run. You can get after the quarterback. You're not going to be in shootouts. Every week, which is what they were last year. Mm-hmm. 
This was a team that got into shootout, shootouts every week. It wasn't because they couldn't get to the quarterback. Because mm. to me, that's the only thing this helps is the pass rush. And as you said, yes, a pass rush can make a big difference. We saw that with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Well, another thing you seem to be forgetting is that Chandler Jones played five games last year. He was okay. hurt the bulk of the year. Okay. So you're adding that, and you're actually mm-hmm. adding the two premier pass rushers of the last eight years to the same defense. <laughs> yes, I do believe that's going to help you. Your pass rushers of the last eight years. Uh, statistically, they are. I guess Nobody so. has more I sacks than so. these two guys. Yeah, that's true. I mean, who do you think's better? I mean, uh, you're not Other wrong. Other than Khalil Mack, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Khalil Mack is the thing nightmares are made of, but he also didn't come into the league until 2014. Right. Statistically, you are correct, mm-hmm. but you had the two year, the two injury years of JJ Watt. He had sixteen sacks after that, and he's had nine in the past two years on terrible defenses. Mm-hmm. He's not heading to a terrible defense. He's heading to a very fast, very multiple defense. That I, mm-hmm. I, it is scary the way that they could implement these two guys. Because they come from opposite sides, so you have no ability to double-team either one of them. Right. If you double one, you're singling up on the other, and that's not (laughs) going to go well for you. Right, not a good idea. Absolutely. And, you know, they they have some good pieces with that defense. What happens with Patrick Peterson? Uh, Allegedly, he won't be back. But I'm also going to tell you, he's been living on name for a long time. Okay. Patrick Peterson is no longer an elite corner in this league. He's still a good corner. Mm-hmm. But he's still big shoes to fill. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And now you and, and you have no money. You worry too much about the no money thing. Yeah. You, 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 if you don't there have are money, ways you can't around sell that. players. There are ways around that. I mean, they have a lot of deals that they can move money around. And that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm still maintaining the cap number is going to come in higher than you think. It's at 180 right now. I think it winds up at 187. Okay. And yes, that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another free agent you can sign. Yeah. Right. I mean, half the league has no money. You're telling me there's. Well, you figure it out. No. But there are no corners in this market, and that's no. But there are corners in this draft, and there are a lot True. of them. True. And a lot of them look real nice about where Arizona's picking. Mm-hmm. Caleb Farley looking directly at you. J.C. Horn. I like that Caleb Farley better. Spot. I like Farley a lot. I've seen a lot of mocks, though, that have uh, Farley going top ten. Oh, did he play this year? No. There you go. You still standing by that? It's All the guys who opted out are going to fall? How many mocks you've seen that have Jamar Chase going ahead of Devontae Smith? There's a reason for that. Yeah. Only because one. I have tape on them, Only one and I know I exactly what they look like. Right. I mean, because I'm telling you, there's going to be a I lot of questions. Boy, uh, what have you been doing for the last nine months is th- going to come up a lot. I think your boy Dave Richard over at uh, CBS, I think he's got Jamar Chase going ahead of Devontae Smith. Yep, and I love Dave Richard, but he's a fantasy football guy, not a draft guy. <laughs> right. And he'll tell you that. I, I'm not uh, I'm not throwing shade at him. He would mm-hmm. tell you the exact same thing I mm-hmm. just did. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. I stick by the guys that opted out. Micah Parsons. He was yeah. a no doubt top five guy, He's right? Fallen, How yeah. many times have you seen him outside of the top 20? Every time. There you go. 
There's a reason for that. Not quite every time, but most of the time. Yeah, Caleb Farley was a top 10 guy. You see him going in the top 10 very often mm-hmm. right now? Nope. Gregory Rousseau, same thing. Yeah, Gregory Rousseau's falling like a rock, and yeah. I can't figure out why. Uh, well, Opted I out. can. I, I can. It's one, it, A lot of these guys are one-year guys. That's the problem with Jamar Chase. That's the problem with Greg Russo. There are several others. Mm-hmm. That, oh, you had one good year, and then you were you just sat around for a year. Yeah, that's going to come back to bite you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's just the way it is. I'm not saying that's fair, but it's the way it is. Right. And I hear that a lot. Well, Arizona does pick at 16 in the first round, so they're going to get a quality starter out of that. Mm-hmm. They should get a starting-level player. In the they're one round. of they're one of a handful of teams that have stayed with the exact same player through every iteration of of mocks and everything I've done. Now, I've only put out one, but I've I, I mean I keep changing it as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Caleb Farley has been their guy since day one. Okay, and I don't see that changing. All right, all right. JJ Watt deciding to go to the Arizona Cardinals was it a good move? Was it a bad move? I guess only time will tell. But I still feel like this was the wrong move. I don't feel like it's a team that's an immediate competitor. All right, so where would you have gone instead? Uh, Green Bay. So you got one year. I mean, basically, that's where you're at with Green Bay. Green Bay mm-hmm. is all in for one year. Mm-hmm. You got a better shot at winning. I don't necessarily agree with that. I really don't. I don't think there's Playing going to be... in that division? Would you not rather play against the NFC North than the NFC West? Yes. See, I, th- see, I yes. think you overvalue yes. two of these teams, though. I think you're overvaluing San Francisco and you're overvaluing Seattle. What do you mean San Francisco was just in the Super Bowl two years ago? That was two years ago. Yeah. They also have a quarterback. The only reason that they weren't in contention this past year is because everybody got hurt. Uh, yeah, they also have a quarterback that gets hurt every time he brushes his hair. So, uh, I, I mean, I do have a problem well, with that. Well, I mean, that might get better because apparently they're in the market for a guy we've been talking about a lot. In fact, they've apparently been on the phone with the Carolina Panthers to get a backup quarterback. Don't know how that's going to work, but we'll talk about it up next right here on ESPN Asheville. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. You're in the sports tank. Take all this, burn it, okay? Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Burn it. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. And apparently, the San Francisco 49ers want a backup quarterback for Jimmy Garoppolo. John Lynch has already come out and said that he expects Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers next year. But he does get hurt. And so, they need a backup quarterback. And according to Joseph Person of TheAthletic.com, they have called the Carolina Panthers to see about getting Teddy Bridgewater. I hate stories like this with every fiber of my being. Why is that? In what universe? In what universe does this actually happen? There's not I, one. Bizarro world. Oh, so they made a phone call, and all of a sudden this becomes a story. They're paying Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million. Mm-hmm. 
it would cost them seventeen to for Teddy Bridgewater. You're not doing that. I don't know. I mean, it worked. I out. do know it worked out for the Chicago Bears paying two quarterbacks twenty million dollars. Uh, yeah, how, how many playoff games did they win? And the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> same question. First verse, same as the, next right. verse, same as the first. Right. That's kind of the point I was trying to make. I hear these stories and I'm like, it's so easy to figure out that that's nonsense. I'm not going to say John Lynch didn't make the call. I'm sure he did. Mm-hmm. And it was more of a precursory. Are you going to cut him? Because we would sign him if you cut him. But in terms of, they're not going to give up draft capital for Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. It's it's so comical to me to watch how we in the media operate. Because we don't have anything to talk about. Right. The only sport that moves the needle is the NFL. So we have to talk about, I mean, literally think about this. The season's been over for weeks. We're still talking about the NFL. It's mm-hmm. still the number one topic every day. Well, the off season has uh, quickly risen to the number one sporting event of the summer. Um, over, I mean, the NFL. The, the right, old uh, Colin Goward line. Right. The over, NFL now owns eleven months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Over the years, uh, baseball has faded. Basketball has faded more recently than baseball. And here you go. You now have NFL off season takes over everything. The drama is great. We talk about salary caps and dead money and all this kind of speaking of. Uh, it would be a $10 million cap hit, uh, dead cap hit for the Carolina Panthers if they, they were to they do would something des- with Teddy. They would designate it as a post-June 1 move. So it would be five mm-hmm. in a trade. But $17 million still goes to wherever he goes. And I'm telling you right now, there's not a team in the league that's going to pay that to a backup. <laughs> Because it doesn't work. No. Because we've seen it already happen to two different teams last year, and it didn't work out. Definitely didn't work out for the Bears. No. The Colts were just kind of stuck with Jacoby Brissett. Well, I mean, their situation changed. Mm -hmm. They knew they were, you know, one year in that, one year with Phillip Rivers, and then we reset the decks, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what they did with Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I don't see a path for Teddy Bridgewater leaving Carolina to go be the backup in San Francisco. He's still the starter of the Carolina Panthers, and he will be the starter of the Carolina Panthers unless they make a move for Sam Darnold. I, by the way, that's the the, the talk on that's the next domino to fall. Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. The Jets are going to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Deshaun Watson thing. I, I I'm starting to get to the point of I don't know where he's going to land because the, all of the landing spots are. Falling by the wayside. I believe the Jets have fallen in love with somebody, and I have a funny feeling it's Zach Wilson. I cannot confirm nor deny that. Just call it a gut feeling. Makes you happy thinking about it, though, doesn't it? No, because I think Sam Darnold's a better quarterback. But Zach Wilson is cheaper for Mm -hmm. markedly longer. Yes. And you can put a lot around him. Mm -hmm. And let's be really honest. We've seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks be real good in the last few years. Do you think for sure he would be the day one starter? Absolutely. It's a bad idea. What is a bad idea? Or I'm asking, is that a bad idea? To make Zach Zach Wilson Wilson the number one starter day one. Zach Wilson's the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Justin Fields, yes, that would be a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Trey Lance, bad idea. I actually think Mac Jones is more ready to start today 
than the two I just said. I just still can't buy the Mac Jones thing. I guess I got to watch more tape well, on you're, it. You're going to be better by it because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, Kyle Trask is next. To, there's to too many teams. There's too many teams that need quarterbacks, and the drop off after Trask is off a cliff. You get to as soon as you go through Kyle Trask, it gets to Kellen Mond really quickly. <laughs> And Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman may not get drafted. That's mm-hmm. how bad he was at the senior ball. Mm-hmm. I will not be shocked if there's six quarterbacks in the first round of this draft. It's crazy to think about. Mm, why do you say that? I, I just, I I don't know. Because I guess I, I came into, the, into this year of football thinking there's two or three that might go. And now we're talking about a possibility of four quarterbacks in the top six, and oh, you're going to have. There's going to be four in the top six, right? Six total in the first round. It just seems baffling to me because I look at these guys and I and I go, okay, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I'll even buy Justin Fields from you, but the rest of them to me just kind of strike me as second round guys. I'm not a believer in Mac Jones. I think he was super talented, uh, you know, or he had super talented weapons around him at Alabama, but nothing he ever did really jumped off the page at me. Now, I'm not a I'm not a quarterback evaluator by any stretch. There are some good things that Mac Jones does, but I think he's he has just some physical limitations. Pedestrian, I guess. I don't agree with that. I really don't. He has an elite arm to you? I don't think he has an elite anything. The athleticism is the thing that's going to hold him back. Mm-hmm. Because he, I, I think in a foot race, he might lose to me. <laughs> the thing about him, though, is he's so smart. This is a guy that I think is going to get in front of evaluators, get in front of scouts, and they're going to be impressed by the way he digests the game. Kyle Trask is physically very impressive. You get in a room with him. I mean, six five, two thirty. It's a gigantic human, and he's pretty athletic for a guy that size. Got a pretty lively arm. Specific fit, you know. Mac, do I look at Mac Jones and say, "Hey, that could be the day one starter of the Carolina Panthers"? I actually, yeah, I kind of do. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because they have great weapons. Now you put him in New England, and that's a disaster. That has bad written all over it. Like anybody's going to be a disaster in New England. But they do I have love money. Hearing that, could you just say that one more time? It, th- it's it. It made me feel some kind of way. I think anybody's going to be a disaster in New England. <sighs> that's uh, that's, that's why I needed that today. <laughs> the sports tag just a bit outside. All right, here's the four one one, folks. All right, smoke them if you got them. Josh Gordon's back in football, boys and girls. He's joining the fan controlled football league. This is the, yeah, he's going to team up with Johnny Manziel. Josh Gordon will be joining the Zappers team for fan-controlled football. I have not seen anything about this. Like, remember when we did the story, we found out Johnny Manziel was going to be a part of this, and I went through and looked at it, and we talked about the owners and stuff. You know, there's there's like a football player owner and a celebrity owner for all what is, it? is it six teams? I thought there were four. Four teams? It's something like that. There's not very many teams. 
and the fans get to vote on you know what plays get called during the game, and they stream all their games on Twitch. And I've seen nothing about it. Apparently, they're like three games into the season, and I've heard nothing about this league. Our producer from the morning show watched it. He, he was actually pretty impressed by it. He really? said it was enjoyable to watch. Okay, I'm good. I, I'm gonna. That's gonna be a no for me. <laughs> But is it like full-on, 11-on-11, full pass? No, it's like arena league football. Uh, the field's only 50 yards long. Okay. They're playing it in, like, hockey arenas. It's, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's not for me. But it's like I'm full good. pads. It's not like a 7-on-7 exhibition kind of a thing. I, I believe. I mean, they're in full pads. That's all I, I th- that's, that's what I was thinking. But like I said, I've seen nothing about it. I've seen no, there's been no highlights posted on the website, not, none of that. Like, if you want to find this stuff, you want to learn anything about it, apparently you got to watch it live on Twitch. Other than that, you're, you're Oh, there's a clip of, there's a clip of Johnny Manziel that's made. Is there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had one real good run, and, and people got excited and said, see, he could still play in the, no, he couldn't. No, he nope. could not. No, he couldn't even hang in the in the CFL. Yeah, never forget Brian Scalabrini would shut people out twenty-one nothing playing twenty playing uh, twenty-one. Josh and did that. Yeah, Josh Gordon after serving suspension after suspension after suspension after suspension in the NFL uh, for smoking too much weed, he finally gets to get back out on the football field. And I don't think they do drug testing in this league, so good for him. It's it's great. I think you need to be drug tested if you're watching this league. Houston Rockets <laughs> guard Victor Oladipo has recently turned down a two-year, $45.2 million maximum contract extension from the Rockets, which is the most the franchise could offer him before the end of the regular season. That's a lot of money. Oladipo was sent to the Rockets in a very strange 48-team deal that ultimately landed James Harden in Brooklyn. Right. This is a big, st- this is a big story because it most likely means Victor Oladipo will be traded again before the deadline. They got that deal done because it allowed all of the pieces to be tradable again before the deadline. And I think he will get moved again. Any favorites to pick up? To land him? Yeah. The thing you got to understand about the NBA is I don't know who's good and who's bad. I mean, I know the bad, bad. The Detroit Pistons are horrible. Mm -hmm. And the Houston Rockets are horrible. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are horrible. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I don't really know. I mean, the difference in the East between next to last and fifth in the playoffs is four games. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of sorting that out. How would Victor Oladipo look with the Boston Celtics? They do have the Celtics have one of the most attractive assets in the NBA right now, which is a gigantic trade exception from where they ship Gordon Hayward to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to use that. I'm becoming more and more convinced that they're going to use that on John Collins. Okay. Because John Collins wants a bajillion dollars, and he's not getting it from the Hawks. Mm -hmm. And he shouldn't. Watching the Hawks is painful to watch. Just because he can't play defense? No. Saying he can't play defense is is underselling that by a lot. (laughs) When he's on the floor, the whole team can't play defense. Mm -hmm. It's like he has a spell that makes everybody on the floor just cease to care about stopping from anybody from scoring. But at least he's good offensively. He's very good offensively. Yeah. He's got one of the highest you know, offensive efficiency scores in the entire league. I oh. think he's like fifth or something. Oh, I mean, I would love him with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I think he would fix a great big problem that the Celtics have, mm-hmm. which is right now they're spending a lot of time with Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice getting minutes, and they shouldn't. Is there a team that's just... 
a guard away, though, that, would they, that you could that, see Victor fitting with. You're going to tell me I'm wrong. Okay. The New York Knicks make all the sense in the world. Because he is such a Tom Thibodeau guy. Now, look, I am hard. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to believe that in just a year since Jeremy Green left the New York Knicks bandwagon, that oh, this they is the curse of Jeremy be Green. a contender. But yeah, I mean, you should be getting your bets in the in on on them to win the NBA title right now. <laughs> because I jumped off the bandwagon and I am not allowed to have fun. Right. I, I mean, that's not going to happen. Let's not get crazy. They're not going to be fourth a, in the East. Yeah, but there's a game and a half between everybody from four down to ten in the East. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting all head over heels just yet because in that group you've got a lot of teams that we believed coming into the season were good. You had the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat. There's a lot of teams in that little in, in that little group. How many teams in the NBA give up fewer points than the than the Knicks do? Um, zero. It's zero. Okay. They're the best defensive team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Think about what I just said. Nobody plays. They have defense RJ anymore. Barrett, Julius Randle, Obi Topin. None of these guys are plus defenders. Not one of them. Right. They have somehow become the best defensive team in the league. Now they play pitifully slowly. Mm-hmm. So it is a little misleading. But yeah, I mean, they're they're not bad. Oladipo, I've heard, and I've also heard Oladipo to the Knicks. Okay. The thing you got to remember in the NBA is, especially with the trade deadline being so light, that you, you only have to pay the prorated portion of the salary. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the salaries still have to line up, but it's not like it would cost them a ton. And I think the Rockets, now that they've made their run at re-signing him, they might let him go for nothing. I mean, obviously not nothing, but it's not going to be a tremendous haul. Because everybody in the league knows he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Houston is a disaster. They All might, of it. They might be prominently featured in uh, a segment in about 10 minutes. <laughs> green on green coming your way this evening. Oh my goodness! I'm just going to pick against the. I'm going to pick against the Rockets every day uh, that they play for the rest of the year because they are that bad. They beat the about 49 last night. Them and the Timberwolves. You just bet against them all the time, and you're bound to win. Yeah, the Timber Puppies are they're 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 really and the Pistons. Yeah, they're bad too. Although they don't uh, they they don't get blown out much. So, the Pistons, no, yeah. they stay. They stay very competitive right, in games. Right, right. I mean, they are a a very, very competitive nine and twenty five right now in the NBA season. <laughs> but no, they they don't they don't get blown out of games. There's seven teams in the East that have seventeen losses. Mm-hmm. That's half the conference has seventeen losses. Mm-hmm. That's why I, th- I think the trade deadline in the, in the NBA is going to be much more intriguing than people think. Because you've got a lot of teams that can trick themselves into thinking they're really competitive. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are the number one of those. I would say that's true. Because you have other teams in here that, I, I mean, I think they all are competitive. And the Miami Heat. Dep- it depends on what you consider competitive. The Knicks haven't made the playoffs in so long that mm-hmm. if you sneak in as the seven seed, there's going to be Nick fans that are just happy to be watching playoff basketball. Absolutely. Charlotte Hornets, the same way. Yep. But they're a competitive team. They're beating good teams. They're playing teams really close when they do lose. I mean, except for 
Well, the, the 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 wizard or not not the wizards the warriors game the other night didn't go all that well for the hornets yeah that 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 had bad written all over it <laughs> but for the most part this is a competitive team and then you've got indiana chicago and you know and i'm going to say it and i know you're going to laugh but the wizards the wizards you got to put terrible. the wizards in there no you don't they've won like 10 out of 11 and they beat some pretty good teams in that stretch. They're 13 and 19. I get they're 13 and 19, but they started out horribly. And then, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven eight, of the last nine. Yeah. Yeah. Seven out of the last nine games they have won. And in that, they beat uh, the Rockets, they beat the, the Trailblazers, and the Timberwolves. They beat That's the Lakers. They beat the Nuggets. They didn't mean to. <laughs> they actually beat the Nuggets twice by four combined. There you I'm go. not salty about it. Right. I can't believe we lost to the Wizards twice. Celtics, Lakers, Nuggets, those are teams that they are beating. That's not a competitive team. Don't okay. let him dupe you. That is not a competitive team. All right. That is getting calls on Bradley Beal every hour on the hour. But they're not listening. They're putting their fingers in their ears, and they're not listening. I don't buy it. This is one time I just don't buy it. Not interested. It's like Russell Wilson in Seattle. We're just not interested. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to trade him. A little bit of a difference there. Seattle's at least competitive. Deshaun Watson, then. We'll use Deshaun Watson. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference. We're not taking calls. Because Houston's a train wreck, too. We're not taking calls. I mean, they'll stand by that as long as they can until they can't. And then they have to finally admit, yes, we're taking calls. Well, I mean, is, if you're you going to do that, I mean, there's been rumors about Bradley Bill for three years. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you just have to tap out and go, we can't say no anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think you're getting really close to that. There's a lot of contentiousness to me between Westbrook and Bradley Bill. I feel like you added an accelerant to this, and now you're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. They get very snippy with each other, and maybe I'm reading too much into that. But they seem to have a very strange dynamic. Well, I mean, I have seen, you know, I have seen where Bradley Beal, he's still putting up 40 points a night, it seems like. And there are games where he just has to do it all himself. And I think that's got a lot to do with it. Was that we made this trade thinking that Russell Westbrook coming in was going to help us out a lot. It's helped out a little bit. It feels like they're getting in some kind of a groove, but for the most part, the majority of the of the good basketball still relies on Bradley Beal to get it done by himself, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the major problem. That's what's going to send him over the edge. But there again, he's he's stuck. I mean, you expect Bradley Beal's going to pitch a fit. And demand his way out, kind of like James Harden did in Houston. I don't. No, I, it's and that's not really the way I think it's going to go. What I think is going to happen, the offers on Bill. I know some of them. Bradley Bill's the only player in the NBA that the Heat were willing to even talk about Tyler Hero with. The only one. They didn't offer him with Harden. They didn't offer him with anybody else. Right. They were willing to discuss it with Bradley Bill. And at some point, you're just going to get a haul back that you, I mean, you just look at this team and go, we're bad. Mm-hmm. Let's get some assets. I mean, without boring right. you of the why, that team is disgustingly horrible. I mean, I understand you've outshot some teams in the last, I don't know, three weeks. Mm-hmm. 
you're still not good. And you still have patent problems. Of you can't beat it. Anybody with size, you can't beat them. The one thing that you survived with uh, with Jokic is that he didn't shoot well in either one of those games. That's it. I mean, it was a fluke. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to know that. I'm not saying they're the greatest team. They're not a competitor. I'm not going to let you dupe people into thinking that because that's no, ridiculous. Not even for the eight seed? No. If they hang on? No. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> They're awful. They're the fourth worst team in the NBA. I don't care how many games they've won. Mm-hmm. They can't defend. It's well, neither disgusting can the Nets, to watch. That's working. Yeah, but you have three All-Stars. That, I get Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden with Brooklyn. I get Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, and... Yep. yep. I, Rui Hachimura. <laughs> I don't think those two things are uh, all that similar. No. No, they're not. You got a very good point there. But I think there are a lot of contenders in the East right now. And I think a lot of these teams, uh, it's not going to take much convincing for any of them to think that they're a deal away from being able to be really competitive. I don't know. See, I feel like it, with every team, I can tell you where their head's at. Like okay. Cleveland, Orlando, they know where they're at. They're really young. Mm-hmm. They're well aware of where they are. Mm-hmm. I feel like Washington knows that as well. Atlanta is super talented. This combination of pieces just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're making Clint Capella look like the best center in the league because he's the only guy on the team that can play any defense. The only one that cares about rebounding. The only one that defends the paint. So, yeah, he looks like a superstar. You have to get John Collins away from him. Then you get into like Chicago, Indiana, Charlotte, Toronto, and the Knicks. I would put them in that same. You have talent, and you're good, and you're probably going to end up as the six, seven, eight, or one of the first two teams out. You'll you'll make the uh, and you're the, gonna, the play in tournament, and you're going to get slaughtered by the Sixers, Bucks, and Nets. Mm-hmm. And then you have the same two teams that live in the middle of the Eastern Conference all the time: the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. I feel like when they have played fourteen playoff series in the last fifteen years. And it says the three and six or the four and five. Mm-hmm. You're right. There are very few contenders in the East. There, there are, are no contenders f- in the West. Well, Two LA teams, Utah, Phoenix, and we're done. Very few. Right. Very few in both. Again, we find ourselves in this situation where we could have an 18 playoff and feel just fine about the NBA playoffs. 100%. <laughs> if you told me right now we only took the four teams from best from each conference, I'm good. The five in the West is the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if you've ever doubted how good of a coach Greg Popovich is, just think about what I just said. The Spurs are 17 and 12. And With old LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. And they're a full game ahead of your fighting 2020-2021 NBA champion Denver Nuggets. We we might be a year away. <laughs> might be a year away. I think that so. were you saying that same thing uh, on Saturday as the North Carolina Tar Heels beat Florida State, your best team in the ACC. We are the best team in the ACC. You are the best team in the ACC. I'm not going to try to take that away from you. It was a god awful game, god awful first half for the Tar Heels, god awful second half for the Florida State Seminoles, and. You know, somehow Carolina came away with the win, cemented themselves in the NCAA tournament. I believe so. Yeah. You can't. I don't think you could take it away from them now. 
uh, unless disaster strikes and they lose to Syracuse tonight, which you'll hear that game right here on ESPN Asheville. You'll also hear a pick for that game in about four minutes. <laughs> green on green coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM at 1400. Coffee's the closers on. Get them the money. Then we get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then we get the power, then you get the work. Welcome back to the Sports Tank, ESPN Asheville, 92.9, 880 and 1400. I am determined to have a really good week. I have spent more time on betting picks today than I have in any day in the last month. I got four, two in college basketball, two in the NBA. First one, the Carolina Tar Heels are a one-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against Syracuse. They are a nightmare matchup for Syracuse. The small front court don't rebound well. Carolina, Carolina annihilated them on the boards. The last time they played, I think they're going to do it again. Walker Kessler looks like the best player on this team. Mm-hmm. He had a breakout game against Florida State, and that's a really big front line. Syracuse doesn't have that. You got four bigs to throw at them. I think this is Carolina in a walk. Give me the Tar Heels minus one and a half. Next up, Oklahoma State has a rematch with Oklahoma, a game that happened on Saturday. In th- that one was in Norman. This one's in Stillwater. Uh, Cade Cunningham had 40 points and 11 rebounds in the last game. He is easily the best player in this draft, in my opinion. And Oklahoma State is a tra- a- attempting to appeal to get into the tournament. I don't think it's going to work, but it gives them something to play for. Give me the Cowboys plus one and a half. The Indiana Pacers are a four and a half point dog tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not going to lie to you. This is me. I, I'm, I might be overthinking myself here. I think Joel Embiid or Tobias Harris, one of the two of them is going to sit. They're both questionable. No decisions have been made yet. If one of them doesn't play, this would be a much smaller line. So I'm trying to get the Pacers now. Give me the Pacers plus four and a half. Finally, the Cleveland Cavaliers are a two and a half point dog tonight to the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets shouldn't be a two and a half point favorite against college teams. They're horrible. They've lost 11 in a row. They're awful against the spread. They're one in nine in their last 10 against the spread overall. They don't just lose. They lose by a lot. And the Cavaliers look better with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Give me the Cavs outright in the money line. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. I was was not even aware that Oklahoma State still had a chance to appeal this postseason ban. Yeah, it's not going to work. The NCAA handed down the postseason ban to them for the Lamont Evans. He was tied up in the Adidas scandal, the pay-for-play scandal. I mean, to me, they kind of have a case because we just saw where the NCAA handed down probation to South Carolina rather than giving them a postseason ban. So... Why should Oklahoma State not get... Because what they did was the NCAA put all the onus on the coach and kind of just, you know, a little slap on the wrist to the school. But they had the, you know, the 10-year show cause against... Um, his name's leaving my mind, the South Carolina coach that was wrapped up in all this. Um, but they put all the onus, like I said, on the coach rather than on the team and avoided a postseason ban, which everybody thought they were going to get anyway. So now Oklahoma State, to me, has a real case in front of the NCAA. And here's the other thing. Are they going to take this up in the next two weeks? Well, they, if, that, that's the thing, is Oklahoma State is hoping to run out the clock. Exactly. Because if they don't hear the appeal, then they automatically are allowed to be in. Because right. you, haven't, you're, you haven't had your appeal heard. Right. I don't feel like that's going to happen. This would be very strange for the NCAA. Usually they tend to make decisions on this and they 
stick with them. Mm-hmm. I would be a little surprised. I think there's going to be, I mean, there's a case, I, I understand the case on both sides. You want the best player in college basketball to be able to play in the tournament. Bingo. And, and I get that, mm-hmm. especially in a year where you really need the ratings to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think he is an exciting player. I think he he's is. somebody that will draw eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I he's just, it's so rare that the NCAA makes decisions based on that. Right. They should, but they don't. Right. Now, I would I would argue that they shouldn't make decisions that way. Well, but, I mean, in an ideal world, you wouldn't, but you right. don't live in an ideal money world. Money is money. Money is money, and everybody wants the you know the ratings to be high for the tournament. To me, that's what this kind of screams. I like, would, this I, is actually a way that we could just not hear this case and then let Cade play, and then we'll hold you know uphold it later. And oh, they can't play next year. I would much rather watch Cade Cunningham in the tournament than Drake, and it's not all that close. You're in the sports tech with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville Sports Center's next. This is. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside the second hour of the uh, first show of March. Here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM at 1400. It's my birth month. It is your birth month. It's also the official start of March Madness. March the 1st, conference tournaments are already underway, and I cannot wait for it. It's going to be a phenomenal run down to the tournament. All of these teams vying for position, trying to get, uh, you know, off the bubble or just outside the bubble into the tournament, conference tournaments beginning uh, right now. Actually, they're they're already underway. Uh, the Big South tournament kicked off on Saturday. Those were the first play-in games of the Big South tournament. And tonight on our sister station, News Radio 570, WWNC 630, airtime 7 o'clock tip-off. UNC Asheville will be at home at Kimmel Arena taking on the Longwood Lancers. This is uh, for a spot in the semifinals of the Big South Tournament at Winthrop coming up on Thursday. So should UNC Asheville win, we will have the coverage for you on Thursday of uh, UNC Asheville taking on Winthrop. The only team that has beaten Winthrop in the Big South this season. And I think they're looking for a little payback. Or will be. At their own place. So... Although, UNC Asheville did beat them at their own place earlier in the season. So, I'm saying there's a chance. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Of course, everybody, all the experts are expecting that Winthrop is going to pull this one off. Obviously, with a 16-1 and record in conference play in the regular season, you're going to be the overwhelming favorite. Um, You know, I'm not, Winthrop, though, is not Gonzaga. They are fallible. Unlike the Bulldogs, the other Bulldogs. I just realized the two Bulldogs we're talking about. Anyway, 6.30 this evening on News Radio 570 WWNC, UNC Asheville, and Longwood, Brian Hall will be on the call. And of course, I'll be along with all the score updates pregame and the halftime as well. We've got the ACC tournament starting next week. 
This is the last week of the regular season. Tonight we got Syracuse and uh, North Carolina. You'll hear that right here. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock on ESPN Asheville. Saturday we got Duke. And I think that's a pivotal game in the race for March Madness. Because Duke, to me, is, you know, they, they were on the path. They were on the righteous path to the NCAA tournament until the Louisville game. The loss to Louisville, I believe, hurts them. Oh, it certainly hurts them. I don't think it takes them out. It doesn't take them out, but right now they're on the outside looking in. They need a few more wins. I'm not so sure I agree with that. Really? I'm not so sure. I mean, Joe Lenardi says it so. so And I understand that. I'm going to be on his side. And he knows more than I do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be on his side on that one. I mean, I understand. I think I understand what you're saying. I struggle to believe that Boise State and Colorado State are getting in over Duke. I struggle with that. And call me a cynic. Call me a tinfoil hat guy. I don't care. I'll believe that when I see it. I also said the same thing about somebody giving J.J. Watt $15 million. And mm-hmm. oh, that yep. happened. It did happen. It is not who I thought it would be, but it happened. <laughs> That's, of course, the, the big headline of the day. J.J. Watt going to the Arizona Cardinals. Whew. Still, still trying to wrap my head around it. He said he wanted to be a part of a contender. I don't think they're contenders. I do. But... I'm I'm a, I'm I'm lower on them than many, and definitely lower on them than Jeremy Green, who said this past season they were the best team in the NFC. I'm, look, I might have been off on that by a hair, just a hair, by a year. Maybe you were just off by a year. Missed it by that much. <laughs> uh, according to Joe Lenardi, Duke, Georgia Tech, are both in the next four out category right now. Michigan State's fighting for a bubble spot. They're in the first four-out category. And again, I'm going to say the same thing I just said a second ago. Mm-hmm. When If you're telling me that VCU, Boise State, Seton Hall, and Colorado State are making it over Michigan State and Duke, I'm sure. I believe you. <laughs> you think I'll they- just really believe it when I actually see it. Right. When the committee gets together, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion of you know, we didn't have a tournament at all last year. Oh, 100%. I think we want all of these matchups to be better. A hundred percent. And how are the matchups going to be better if we put, oh, Virginia Commonwealth in the tournament against USC? I want you to think about what you could have, and this is def- definitely something the, the committee could sell, and I would believe it. Okay. You could have first four games that are Indiana and Duke against Mich- and Michigan State against UConn. <laughs> I think the committee will like that a little bit better than Boise State and Seton Hall. Well, it would definitely make it to where people would watch the first four games. Exactly. Um, but again, the way the the way the tournament's drawn up this year, it's going to be weird because the first four games are going to be on Thursday, mm-hmm. and they're all going to be on the same day. It's just going to be odd. I mean, usually you have two and two. I, I don't right. think that's going to be. The, the thing that's going to bother me is that that Thursday is not going to be a thing. True. I mean, the yeah, the first four is on the Thursday. Tournament starts on the Friday. All the first four teams obviously will play on Saturday. 
So I get you. I I get where you're coming from, but I don't. Uh, I, I I mean I don't know. The first the first four to me is not a is not a selling point. I, and usually I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. We did miss the tournament last year, mm-hmm. and right now, through four of the teams that are in contention for those spots are Louisville, Connecticut, Michigan State, and Duke. Oh, and Indiana. I forgot Indiana. Yeah, Indiana's in there as well. Uh, that's five very popular programs in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And if you think that's not going to play into this, I have a bridge to sell you. Yeah. I got news for Which you. Which is part of me why I think the NCAA needs to punt this whole Cade, Cade Cunningham thing. Yeah, I, I got news for you. Ty goes to the Blue Devil. If they're really breaking down, are we going to let in Colorado State or Duke? At some point, somebody in that room is going to go, are we really talking about this? <laughs> but Colorado State has earned it so much because they have a better record. Okay, well, uh, uh, they're Duke. End cool. of discussion. Yeah, their, their best win is over like Fresno State. How can we possibly imagine an NCAA tournament without Mike Shashevsky and Tom Izzo and Indiana? I'm not going to say Archie Miller because I think he's going to get fired. Oh. Yeah, I, I I do a show in Indiana from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'll do guest spots on a show out there. I just like the guys. Right. There is a hatred for Archie Miller that I cannot wrap my brain around. Well, there should be. I mean, he's a guy that they brought in and they pumped up as this is got the guy that's going to take Indiana back to the promised land. And it hasn't happened. They haven't been relevant since Victor Oladipo and Cody Zeller were there as freshmen, what, five years ago? It's been longer than that, hasn't it? Uh, probably. They haven't been really nationally relevant in a long time. Mm-hmm. But that was the last time they had any spark. And you go actual relevance. I mean, let's last Final Four appearance was what two thousand. Oh, last uh, they were in the national title game in two thousand one. Two thousand one. Wow. They haven't made the tournament in four years. That's skipping the, we didn't have a tournament last year. Mm-hmm. Ew. So I think it was on ESPN earlier today. There's an article on there about Scott Drew as the savior of Indiana. I, I saw that. Rather than uh, Archie Miller. I mean, you only have so much time. There's only so much time you can be a really good coach. They call you up, and it doesn't work that they're going to bail water on you. Oh, and this is going to be a real bad year to be one of those hot seat coaches because you probably survived last year whether they wanted you to or not. Mm-hmm. Now, things are getting you know pretty normal. Money's starting to flow back in. Buyout's looking a little less onerous. Or- onerous. Onerous. Yes, not onerous. I'm tired. <laughs> it was a long weekend for it Jeremy. It was. It was aggressive. Jeremy got aggressive. He went hard in the paint, and you put you really put that new uh, that new eleven o'clock curfew thing for alcohol sales to test yeah. to the test. Didn't I, was, you? I was a little out of practice. That, that extra two hours. <laughs> it sounds good in principle, but it takes some getting used to. You got to get back in your old in your old routine. Yeah, because by nine o'clock, I was like, ooh, oh, sleepy. Very sleepy. <laughs> you didn't adjust your consumption at all, did you? Do I ever? <laughs> I mean, I, no. guess, I guess you got a point there. I live by the Ricky Bobby school. Of, if you ain't first, you're last. 
Uh, I can't wait for the tournament. I think it's going to be phenomenal, and the run up to it is going to be just as good. You got some primo matchups coming up this weekend that are really, really important to the seeding of this whole thing. I mean, Michigan State plays Michigan twice this week, mm-hmm. and they win one of those games, they're automatically in. I would agree with that. That's that's end game for them. I think if Duke beats Carolina on Saturday, they're probably in. That will probably vault them up. It would I be think a that game's going to win. I think it's going to carry more weight than it should. At the I end of the day, that, beating a nine seed should not invariably put you in the tournament. No, but in a year like this, and, it matters. And it's Carolina Duke. Well, At the end of the day, it's Carolina Duke. And here's the thing. Um, they've got Georgia Tech and Carolina this week. Both of those games are technically quad one games. They win. The Georgia Tech game is probably an elimination game. Yeah. I really think the loser of that game's out. I, I mean, I can, I can agree with that. I just don't know how you sell it. All right, let's say Duke loses to Georgia Tech. I don't know how you sell to me a team with 10 losses that only played 24 games is better than a team that they just lost to. Mm-hmm. Even if they beat Carolina, I don't think that matters. I think if they win, if Duke's path to me is very easy. You win both your games this week, you're in. doesn't really matter what happens in Greensboro. Okay. I mean, and I, think, and I do believe that. I think it would matter mm, if they got bounced in the first round of the ACC tournament. Well, you got to say they're not going to play in the first round, so they're going to have a bye. Okay, the first round they play in. But look at who they're going to play. Well, who would it be? Virginia, mm, possibly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, they're going to have to win a game to get to that, so they would play NC State, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, somewhere in there. I kind of think you lose into any of those teams. I just don't think you can lose to any of those teams. <laughs> well, that's not true. They've already lost the state once. They didn't mean to. I just I look at the oh, bottom. Come on, you got to get, get you give NC State a little bit of credit. I mean, they've rolled off four wins in a row in the ACC. I think it's the first time they've done that in like twenty five years. No credit. For the for the Wolfpack, I mean, well, look at me. Because two look of at those me, the guy trying to win, trying to be the guy behind the Wolfpack. Well, because two of them were against Pitt, and the other one was against Wake Forest. Okay, okay. I mean, yay! I mean, you beat Virginia, mm-hmm. and you beat Virginia in a time where everyone was beating Virginia. I, it just doesn't really move the needle for me, right? You're, I mean, you're not wrong. I think you know. <sighs> It's gonna it's gonna take a lot to push Carolina out. I'm just ready for the bra- I'm ready for the bracket to be unveiled so I can figure out what double digit seed it is that I am planting my flag in because I'm telling you there's one coming. I don't know who it is yet, but a, there will be one. A double digit seed that you're going to plant your flag on to I make think, a deep run. Uh, I think there will be two double digit seeds that play into the second weekend. Huh. Okay. I've said I think this is going to be a weird tournament. Because outside of the teams on the one and two line, there's not a whole lot of difference. I'm looking at the double-digit seeds right now that are projected coming in, and I'd, I'm having a hard time finding one. I mean, unless Winthrop is going to be... Winthrop is, has a good shot of being one of them. Uh, well, uh, they're currently matched up by Joe Lenardi against Kansas. And I would like them. You would like Winthrop over Kansas? Against the number. Against the number. I don't care whether you win or lose. I only care whether you cover the spread or not. (laughs) Yes, we know. We know. But I don't say, I mean, 
Carolina's a 10 seed. That would be the only one that I think I would be willing to plant a flag. And on. and you got to remember that hasn't been adjusted. He hasn't he hasn't updated this for three or four days now. Okay, so there's another update coming tomorrow, and I got news for you: Carolina's not going to be on the ten line anymore. Mm-hmm. Win over Florida State. That was probably a two line jump for you. You probably went from we need a couple wins to be sure we're in to now you're probably an eight. Right. Um, I, I mean, I think the biggest name on the double-digit lines right now is Seton Hall. I was about to say, if you say Drake, I'm throwing something at you. No, no, no. Seton Hall, I think, is probably the best team. And they're not even that good. No. But, I mean, here's the thing. They're playing of, Purdue. Right. And, and we're using Joe Lenardi's current bracketology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's kind of my point. I just don't see that big of a difference between a Purdue or a Texas Tech or somebody like that, and one of these teams that barely gets in the field. I think they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I said this this morning on our morning show, it, it's not a random occurrence that you're seeing Duke and Michigan State and Indiana, UConn, these teams that recruit at a really high level. It's not surprising that they're figuring it out 20-some-odd games into the season mm-hmm. because you're just more talented than everybody else. Right. As long as you can run something that vaguely looks like a a cohesive offense, you're better than most of the teams you're going to play. You look at Carolina. Carolina's in the same boat. Walker Kessler coming around in that Florida State game, I think it was huge. I do also have to say, I I believe I said that a long time ago. Uh Uh-huh. I did, too. When they played in the uh, 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 which tournament was here? Oh, Maui. The Maui. Maui. The Maui invitation. I had the great Alaska shootout in my head for some reason. I don't think they played that in 15 years. But <laughs> I said Walker Kessler has a game that I uh, I think is very NCAA friendly. Yeah. And I know Roy's not big on playing freshman huge minutes. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. That kid is going to be really hard to match up with in the tournament. Yes, he is. I mean, I'll tell you straight up. Florida State has one of the best front courts in, the, in, in all of college basketball. They had no answer for him. Mm-hmm. None. I thought it was a great move by Roy to put Walker in and sit Baycott in the second half, for the, for the most part. Well, that's because I thought it was. I mean, Kessler was destroying Copervito, which right. is not something I've said about any player all year long. Mm-hmm. That if you're a Carolina fan and you want a reason to really you know get behind this team for the tournament, the team I saw in the second, they did things to to my <laughs> beloved Florida State Seminoles that I haven't seen anybody do all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand we've had a few turnover problems. Nothing like this. This was unlike anything I've seen all year long. The greatest thing to me about the win over Florida State on Saturday was the fact that you saw a team that could have as bad of a first half as Carolina had with their 14 turnovers and then be able to turn it around and erase it in the second half. Yep, That's what winning basketball in March takes. You have to be able to come out and regroup after a horrible first half. We haven't seen it from Carolina much this year, but the little glimmers that you have, I think, are pretty special. I think we can all pretty much agree, and no feelings hurt, saying that this is not the best Carolina team we've ever seen. They are far from it. Oh, a minute! I have no misgivings of them, you know, making some tremendous no. run. But I do see a path where you could still be playing in the second weekend. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm just speaking to Carolina fans. You know, you, you look at this team, and we can all realize this is not a great team. However, 
This is a team that has the capability of being great. Probably not for a long time. They're probably not going to be able to string six games together and win a national championship. In fact, I'd probably, yeah, I'd definitely bet my house on it that they're not going to do that. But I think games like we saw against Florida State over the weekend should give you some more hope for going into the ACC tournament next week and then going into the NCAA tournament because I think we've sewn that up. All you have to do is hold serve at this point. Don't lose to Syracuse tonight. Play good against Duke on Saturday. Win a game, maybe two games in the ACC tournament. And I think the ticket's been punched for the North Carolina Tar Heels. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Back after this. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of East Tennessee State University Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. You're in the sports tank. We treat star athletes better because they're better people. That's not fair. Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. I'm Tank Spencer, and he's Jeremy Green. It is a Monday afternoon, and thank God. <laughs> thank God we are starting off the month of March. And March Madness, right around the corner, the, uh, the the new rankings came out today. And were you shocked that Baylor fell after losing and Michigan takes over the number two spot? Not really. You've been more sold on Baylor all year than I have. I have been. I mean, I, I think, think they're fine. I, think I mean, they're, they're very good. I think they're the most experienced team outside of Gonzaga. And I think their guard play is probably second in the country behind Gonzaga. I'm still trying to find somebody that will give me that Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, or the field bet because I will take the field aggressively. (laughs) Uh, And I'm on the other side of that because I think the only other one that can win a national championship is Michigan. I'm not a believer in anybody else to make a deep run. Iowa would be a consideration, but for me... They have one bad shooting night, and it's over. I feel that way about everybody. Everybody has one bad shooting night, and you could be gone. Okay. I think Gonzaga, it would take, you would have to play your worst game of the season. Mm-hmm. But that could happen. It could. Anytime I likely. hear, or the field, my ears perk up. I am Mr. Underdog. Very true. I wonder what the what, what the spread on this game was. Oh, what the, is this? The, this the is a G League game. game. They're I showing a G League game on ESPN right now, and the Blue Coats, whoever that is, is beating the Ignite team, which is all the high school guys, a hundred and three to sixty nine. Um, I, I have to state something for the record. I feel like it would be irresponsible for me not to. Yeah, because you asked what the spread in this game was. If you're betting G League games, <laughs> you need to talk to somebody immediately. I, I, there's got to be some. I, I guarantee you there's somebody. Somebody out there sitting in a casino wagering on G League games. I've done worse. 
How? How? Oh, what's the? Are you asking what's the worst thing I've ever gambled on? Yes, I want to know what is the worst thing you ever laid money on that's worse than G League basketball. Oh, I've bet horse races where I had never seen any of the horses. I went with a number and a gut feeling, and I don't even like. I don't like even you, like horse racing. Like you rolled a dice? Nope. Just went. Hey, fourteen sounds a good number. Let's nope. pick that one. Thirteen. Always thirteen. <laughs> Always thirteen. <laughs> Always thirteen. <laughs> Was my number, my lucky number. It's a number I always go with. Okay, were these actual like like the Preakness or the Belmont or or, or are you talking like does it make fourth? it does it make it better if it was? Uh, yeah, it does. It, okay. it does because at least at that point you're going. This is a a worthy sporting event that's got you know. That's the one thing I've never understood. Like I lived in Memphis for a while. And that was, I hung out with a group of guys who loved to go across the border over to um, Memphis or uh, Mississippi. I was to, about to say, I don't think yeah. you understand. <laughs> no, I was living in Memphis. They went across the border to Mississippi to go down to Tunica to the dog tracks. Why do you care? Like at that point, you're just, uh, yeah, that gray one. There's 16 gray ones. Yeah, number seven, whatever. I, I don't care. Uh, I don't know th- like, because there are people like me that we really like wagering on things. Oh, I get that. I get that. But I, but to me, there's a big difference between just having you know uh, having something on the fourth race of the day on a random Saturday rather than my lucky number's thirteen and I want to have something invested in you know the Belmont Stakes this weekend. To me, there's a big difference there. We have a rolling pool with the guys I play golf with. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one to hit an inanimate object. Nice. You can't do it intentionally. Okay. I'm real good at hitting trees. I was going to say, I feel like I'd win that. I am really good at hitting trees. <laughs> as clumsy as I am, I think I could hit. I, I mean, doesn't really matter. Just, I hit a golf cart with somebody in it one yes. time. Yes. That was not a fun conversation. <laughs> I did not mean for that ball to go there. That right. was not. No, wait, were they like. Were they on the path just passing you, or were they going the other way on another hole? They were or? going another way on another oh. hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. It went through the – It went so the windshield was down. Yeah. It went through the opening where the windshield had been, right in between them, and they both bailed out with the cart still moving. Oh, no. Which led me to laugh a lot. Hysterically. Like, just uncomfortably hard. Absolutely. Which made it so much worse. <laughs> The fact that I was doubled over laughing probably made it look like I was not as apologetic as I should have been. I don't know what's worse, doing that unintentionally or doing it intentionally. Oh, you would never do it intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the wait—you never hit into somebody on the on the golf course, you, Mister Impatient. Oh, um, it, see, I I have this problem. There's only one thing I do well on a golf course, and that's hit ball real far. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. So if you play slow, I do have a. I've been known to you know, tee one up and come out of my shoes. The problem is that that's usually when I hit the trees. The only time I've ever gone to a golf course, I went with the with a, a, my boss. Basically, he was the afternoon talk show host, and he took me out. I was like, you know, you'll really like golf. I was like, I doubt it, but I'll go hang out with you anyway. I'll drive the cart, and you can you could play golf. He hit into a, a group that was playing slowly, and uh, the other group didn't take it nicely. And when they came up over the hill, coming back, screaming, it was uh, South Carolina State Representative, now Congressman uh, James Clyburn. 
Indeed. Yeah, of the Black Caucus. Yeah, it was not a fun day. <laughs> and what what made it worse was like he had just been interviewed by Greg on the afternoon show. Oh, I don't know, a week before that. Yeah, that was a fun day. So I don't know what's worse, hitting them into hitting it into people intentionally or unintentionally. You be the judge. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. A woman in Thailand walking on the beach in front of her house last week came across a very gross discovery. She walked up on a apparently a giant pool of whale puke. Come to find out, though, there was a giant chunk of something very valuable in it. A 15-pound chunk of ambergris. Do you know what ambergris is? No clue, and this is the grossest story I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, ambergris is uh, a, a product of the bowels of sperm whales. And it is worth a lot of money a 15 pound chunk if it is confirmed to be such is worth upwards of 190,000 pounds that's foreign money not not pounds it's a 15 pound chunk that's worth what's that translate to $215,000 US US money I I don't know what the conversion rate is, but it's I I know it's the one point three nine United States dollars to a pound. Okay, I know it's a little bit more mm-hmm. than the American dollar. But she found this fifteen pound chunk of ambergris in it. That's ambergris is used in a lot of uh, like um, perfumes and stuff. It's an essence. It's two hundred sixty five thousand dollars. Two hundred. Wow. Wow. Just imagine strolling along finding $265,000 on the beach. However, this woman had to know, I mean, you see a giant chunk of something that kind of looks like a, I mean, it looks like a giant piece of fat. Why would you pick that up? That's the grossest story you've ever told. It is awful. My story is not nearly that gross, but it's really funny. The Medical Board of California said it would investigate a plastic surgeon who appeared in a video conference for his traffic violation trial while operating on another person. Whoa. The Sacramento Bee reports Dr. Scott Green appeared Thursday for his Sacramento Superior Court trial, held virtually because of the coronavirus pandemic, from an operating room. He was dressed in surgical scrubs with a patient undergoing a procedure just out of view. The beeps of medical machinery can be heard in the background. The the, the courtroom clerk asks, hello, Mr. Green, are you available for, tri- for trial? It kind of looks like you're in an operating room right now. <laughs> he responded, I am, sir. Yes, I am in an operating room right now. Yes, I'm available for trial. Go right ahead. Oh, my God. The clerk reminded Green the proceedings were being live-streamed because traffic trials are required by law to be open to the public, and Green said he understood. He appeared to continue working with his head down while waiting for court commissioner Gary Link to enter the chamber. <laughs> Wait, he, like, had hands in patient yep. while this was going on? Yep. That's this awful. Is, I feel like I utter this phrase a lot. You know we can see you, right? Right. Apparently, he had gotten a speeding ticket. 
and decided, you know what? Since we're doing this remotely, I'll just continue doing what I was doing. I I, I feel like we said this a lot, and I've never come right out and said this. Stop doing weird things on Zoom. Stop that. I feel like we get. I literally get a story like this every day. Mm-hmm. Now this is the first one that person was actually holding a surgery. Mm-hmm. But people keep doing weird things on Zoom. I don't feel like Zoom's that hard to figure out. No. If you're on Zoom, don't do anything that you wouldn't do if that person was standing in the room. Exactly. I, see, I don't think that's that difficult. See, this is the problem that I've been having like all season long in sports. We have these post-game press conferences, and they're all by Zoom. And the other day, I don't remember who it was or what game it was, but somebody actually got called out by the coach of the team that he would, you know, this guy's a reporter and he's asking questions and the guy calls him out. And he's like, are you in bed right now? And yes, coach. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, I am. Don't do that. Don't, don't do zoom calls from your bed. Uh, be a little professional. I mean, I'm not saying you have to have a background behind you and you got to be wearing a coat and tie or anything like that. But, I mean, at least throw on a polo shirt and be not laying in your bed, you slob. People are just very just, strange. What's just the, you know, there's, there is no uh, decorum. Everybody feels like, well, we're, 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 you know, we're at home, we're doing this by Zoom. We don't have to be professional anymore. And to me, that's not real good. It's not. It's not really the way you want to be. I mean, could you? Could you imagine? I mean, it doesn't even take that much. Like you just have to put the shirt on because they're not going to see your bottom. You know, they're they're not going to see your bottom half. So you could be wearing pajama pants or whatever. Just look a little professional. I mean, could you imagine some of these? Your kids are in in school right now, and they're they're doing remote learning. Can you imagine having a Zoom class with the teacher on the other side of the teachers still in her pajamas, just laying in the bed? Uh, at this point, nothing would surprise me. Oh, I'm sure it's probably happened. It hasn't happened with one of my kids' teachers because my kids' teachers are fantastic, and I'm and I'm hoping that they're going to give them great grades uh, because I keep talking them up. But uh, <laughs> is that how this works? Can I, I can I do that? I don't can think I, that's how can this I works. use can I use any of my influence to make sure this that no, I I haven't seen it, but I'm imagining it probably has happened. It's my only plea to everybody uh, out there if you're if you're doing this if you're part of the Zoom calls. And interviewing coaches after games, just be a little professional. Act like you've been here before. Act like you're there. It's not that hard. <sighs> Last night, the Los Angeles Clippers did a thing. Let's talk about that. They did the, they did the exact same thing that happened in the playoffs last year. Paul George not hitting his shots. When Kawhi Leonard's doing the same thing and you're playing you know, the best player in the NBA, you're not going to win games. Milwaukee beats the beats the Clippers last night 105-100. to It lasts five minutes of the game. The Clippers couldn't score. I think total in the fourth quarter, Kawhi Leonard and, uh, and, and Paul George were a combined like two of 18 in the fourth quarter. They go through some very ugly sequences. <sighs> And this is a team that they're trying to convince us is a contender for the title. I don't buy them as a contender. I never really have. I don't either. 
I mean, I think it's really just a two-team race in the West, maybe. Jazz Lakers. Yeah. I think we're on a collision course for Jazz Lakers. Mm -hmm. I'd even be willing to give your, your nuggies a little... A little tip of the cap because I think they'll they'll bring it together. See, that's the thing about the NBA is I, I, I I'm still out because I'm really not sure who's trying at this point. It feels like everybody's just kind of on coast mode. There are just a lot of teams that don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. I feel like my Nuggets are one of those teams. They have nights when Michael Porter's good, Jamal Murray's good, and Nikola Jokic is almost always good. Mm-hmm. Those nights they look borderline unbeatable. Then they have nights where they lose to the Pistons. And that is turning my hair white <laughs> aggressively. Right. Uh, but, I don't know, to me, uh, the, the Clippers, this is what we've been talking about. This has been, been the knock on them, especially on Paul George, is that when it comes time, you know, when it comes crunch time, you can't get it done. You can't find the offense. And it seems like Kawhi Leonard's caught a little bit of this. Like, I actually thought he was a... I mean, am I right or am I wrong? Like, historically, Kawhi Leonard's been a pretty clutch player. But it feels like this year this is just different. Mm, I think that's kind of in your head. Okay. Maybe it is. The most unsettling. There's one stat of this game that I'm shocked you didn't bring up. Okay. Do you know how many times the Clippers went to the line in this entire game? They were six of seven. I don't know that Beautiful. I've ever seen a team shoot that many. That, that, there were only two guys on the team that shot a free throw. That's a really bad sign. Mm-hmm. But they don't go to the basket. That's, That's the point. Right. That's the point. If you're not my my issue with the Clippers is that they live they live by the three, they die by the three. Mm-hmm. They shot forty four three pointers last night. That's not good. I mean, I understand Milwaukee shot 38 of them. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. They at least went to the line 22 times. I think last night on SportsCenter they flashed up that, that is the their shooting percentage last night was like 8.9% from three-point range, and it was the worst three-point performance in the history of the NBA when a team shoots over 43s. Oh, they were 14. They shot 31% from three. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. I don't know where I saw that stat. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Because you missed maybe it, by it was a in, lot. maybe it was in the fourth quarter they shot three point that, or eight point nine percent or something like that. That could be it. I don't know because they were just firing threes away, right? And when you do that, you can't get and you can't score easy baskets. Of which, let's be really honest. Look at the guys that play minutes for them. Who has the ability to score easy baskets? Mm-hmm. Guys that can get to the that can get to the basket, get fouled. You don't have one. It's a lot of Serge Ibaka and Nick Batum and Lou Williams. And I just look at this team and go, I don't like how you're constructed. You don't have a pick. I I think I will be retired by the time they make another first-round pick. Right. And I just don't like it. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, the Hornets keep coming up in the clutch situations. What, we had the big uh, buzzer beater last week from Terry Rozier to win a game over the uh, Golden State Warriors. And then last night, you had Malik Monk coming up with a big play, driving the basket with one second to go on the clock, getting the shot and the uh, you know, and the foul, ends up hitting the foul shot, and the Hornets beat the Kings 127-126. I know it's the Kings. I don't care. To well, me, it was, you beat the, I mean, and I know the Kings are not a good team, mm-hmm. but... You beat a team without Gordon Hayward, without Devontae Graham, without Cody Zeller. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you played Jaden McDaniels and 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 the the Martin twins for a, a decent amount of run, right? PJ Washington was insane last night. By the way, I love this team. I really do. They're easy the to first team I've been excited about in Hornets basketball for a while. Well, when you get nights like you had last night from Miles Bridges and Malik Monk, mm-hmm. guys coming off the bench that are. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of people in Charlotte that thought Malik Monk was just a complete bust. Mm-hmm. He's been a serviceable, serviceable player this year. I'm, I, I am very impressed at how James Borrego has been able to keep this, put this team together. I am as well. I, I mean, I have been a detractor since the beginning. Since I mean, the, you got you got to think the two focal points of this team were not on this team six months ago. Mm-hmm. So you've had to bring all this together, and I understand they're only 16 and 17, but they're competitive for a playoff spot, which I think is markedly better than a lot of people thought this year was going to be. And I think yeah, they have pieces that, I mean, I said two years ago, they were five years away from being competitive, and that's if you do everything right. Mm-hmm. Hayward bumped that timeline up a little bit. It did. The fact that you wound up with LaMelo Ball popped that up a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But now you have pieces. Yeah. You still, I, I, in my opinion, you still need a star. Yes, I don't think you have a star. Hayward is on the periphery of that. Right, you still need a guy. Mm-hmm. How you're going to get that guy in Charlotte? I have no idea. But I do look at this team and go, I understand why guys would want to play with these guys. Do you think there be they'll be a player at the trade deadline? I think they could be. I, I, I do think they could be. I, I don't know what you can send out, would send out. Because you don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of assets that you can afford to part with. I mean, I think Devontae Graham is the odd man out for me. And he very well could be. Just a question of finding a team that really values him. Because I think he's the best bargaining chip that they have right now that they'd be willing to part oh, with. Oh, he's just, he shot so poorly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what he does best. And he's been so bad. Still been a, a decent enough player. Mm-hmm. He's just his shot has he hasn't found a shot this year, right? Because I don't know that you're going to have many takers for Cody Zeller. Because I think that's oh I do I think oh a hundred percent I do oh okay guy on an expiring deal mm-hmm. that's been a real good big I don't think they want to part with Cody Zeller, and that's that that's where it, I think they should get something out of him. Well, and they're not going to resign him. You I, might though. I wouldn't. Well, you might though. Yeah. He's actually been really good in large quantities this year. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about Charlotte is every piece I look at and go, oh, a team would be interested in that. They're, in my opinion, integral to them making a playoff push. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that you're going to wind up in the conference finals or anything no. like that, but a six, seven, or eight seed, I think, would do the city of Charlotte a lot of good. At this point, we're just looking for a win. Just a win. Just a playoff win. I don't care. Like, uh, you go in as the eight seed, okay. Can we win a game? That's the question. That would be improvement. Because I don't think they've done that since they were the Bobcats. I believe you're right. They've been to the playoffs before the Bobcats. They've been been to the playoffs once as the Hornets, and I can't remember. I know they lost in the first round, but I can't remember to who. No, they got swept by the Heat. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, it was LeBron. I was there. <laughs> yeah, then they were they were the Bobcats the last time they won a playoff game. Yeah, I was there. LeBron James uh, swept through this crew pretty good. And I don't think they've won since maybe Gerald Wallace. The Gerald Wallace-led Bobcats might have got a win. 
back in the day? That was in the Larry Brown days, wasn't it? I think so. I think so. I don't think anybody can look at this and go, this has been a letdown. Because I thought, yeah, there's a possibility that they could be vying for a playoff spot. But now I think the the feeling is that not only are we vying for a playoff spot, but now we're playing for seeding. Now it's we're expected to play make the playoffs. Let's see if we can get that four seed. There's nothing. The five seed. There is nothing I want more than the Hornets to make the playoffs and beat the Nets in the playoffs. That would make me happier than just about <laughs> anything. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Just saying it know. would make me really happy. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think there's only a very, very short list of the teams that could beat the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs. Because once they get Kevin Durant back, there's no telling how good this team's going to be. Because they've been playing really well with just Kyrie and James. It's worked out better than you thought it would. Admit it. Mm, talk to me at play, playoff time. All right, you're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Oh, that cheeky monkey. Monkeyknifefight.com. Daily fantasy sports prompts. It's a whole lot of fun, and if you haven't gotten involved in it yet, you should definitely do that. Go to monkeyknifefight.com today and set up your account. Your initial investment gets matched up to $50, and you get a $5 free play just for using the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, at monkeyknifefight.com. And that $5 free play you could use on tonight's game-winning pick by Jeremy Green. I am playing the more or less 2x2 3.3x multiplier in the Portland Trailblazers and Charlotte Hornets game. I will take less than 31.5 points for Damian Lillard, more than 21.5 for LaMelo Ball. You think they're going to be able to hold Dame at bay? 31.5 is a lot. And this is going to be a game where you have LaMelo on him for an extended period of time, and he's so long. Mm -hmm. And LaMelo is a very tall kid. And a size advantage against Dame Lillard. I mean, I think he's going to have a great night. I just, I, 31 and a half is a lot. Yeah. Dame's at home and he likes to pull up from the from the logo at home. He does. <laughs> That's the only thing that scares me. It doesn't matter how long LaMelo Ball is uh, if he's just shooting it over his head. You're not wrong. Dame Dalla can rein it in from three. I just think that's an aggressive number. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. All right, so you're going less than 31. For Dame Lillard. Less than 31.5, more than 21.5 for LaMelo Ball. That will take your $5 buy-in and turn it into a $16.50 prize. Nice. Uh, you got some good news today as a Florida State Seminole. Leonard Hamilton's going to be sticking around for five more years. I want him to be our coach for the rest of my life. Uh, that's not going to happen. He's not going to live that long. I mean, sadly. He's 72 years old. Right. He looks younger than me. <laughs> He's old enough to be my dad. He looks younger than I am. He's older than your dad, isn't he? Yeah, by by yeah, by eight years. Yeah, I was gonna say he's. I think he's ten years older than my dad. He's my favorite coach in the history of sports. I have never loved a coach of any of my teams more than I love Leonard Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing for what was it, two and a quarter million a year? I believe that's what it worked out to. And there's some incentives and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad to see that he will definitively end his career in Florida State. I don't want to see him coach anywhere else. Right. I want him to be our coach until he doesn't coach anymore. I'm kind of surprised at that number. I mean, that doesn't rank him very highly on college basketball coaching salaries. 
No. At like two and a quarter million dollars, he fits in. I'm just looking at a table here that might be a year out of date. But, I mean, heck, he's 50th in the country in salary. I feel like he's earned a little bit more than that, but Leonard's also a guy who's not in it for the money. No, he's a he's very much for the good of the program. He's done a lot of things during the coronavirus, uh, you know, to make sure that mm-hmm. the athletic department is is in the best shape possible. He's just a, just a tremendous human, and something I wanted to make sure we at least mentioned before we got out of here today. Right, six o'clock tonight, right here on ESPN Asheville, ninety two point nine FM, eight eighty AM, and fourteen hundred. You will hear the North Carolina Tar Heels taking on Syracuse in the penultimate game of the regular season. And then over on our sister station, News Radio 570, WWNC at 6.30, the UNC Asheville Bulldogs at home at Kimmel Arena against the Longwood Lancers. Uh, this is, I guess, technically the second round of the Big South Tournament. They have a lot of those play-ins, and it irritates me when they call those the first round and the full you know the full next round the second round like they do in the ACC or in the NCAA tournament I've never understood that we got the first four and then the second round no this is the first round for everybody else let's keep calling those the play in games I'm all on board for that uh, but we got basketball here on the iHeartRadio airwaves this evening stay tuned coming up tomorrow at three we'll be back with you right here on the sports tank with jeremy green check us out in the sportsocracy tomorrow morning at 9 a.m now on youtube exclusively go to youtube.com slash the sportsocracy